Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not draw and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into the Hoopers Log. It is episode 48 here on a Tuesday, going up on a Tuesday, episode 48, Tuesday, January 12, 2016, and it is an NBA TV Tuesday, and today we will get hot and heavy into what happened in the world of college football today, as, as obviously the national championship was last night, and Alabama got it done 45-40 over Clemson, a slobber knocker out there in uh, the desert in, De- in Death Valley. It was an unbelievable game. Uh, I would rank it as one of my top five games, uh, national championships I've ever seen. I'd probably put it around the number three or number four. Uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But we had three games in the NBA last night. Not, not much happened in the world of college, uh, in the world of college basketball. Clearly, as the world of college football was the one that really happened. But we do have some breaking news. My guy Andrew Norris is on the line, and I just saw this rumor come up. But the Los Angeles Lakers are willing to sign DeMar DeRozan to a max contract. Now, DeMar DeRozan's not a free agent until 2017, but you're talking about a team that could potentially get a guy in Ben Simmons and DeMar DeRozan if all goes well, on top of having already D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle. If they get DeMar DeRozan and Ben Simmons in the same you know, calendar year, you're talking about a team that would just come out of nowhere and just annihilate people. I mean, obviously it would take some time to chemistry and gel, but you talk about a team that would be scary. Well, what's your take on that, Andrew? Well, more than likely he's going to be a free agent this summer because he has a player option. Uh, and obviously yeah. with the salary cap going up, he can get a lot more money than he's making now. And, you know, get security earlier. So so my guess would be that he, he is a free agent this coming summer. Uh, and and, and you know is... what? He's, he's the right type of star to go to L.A. Obviously, they're not getting those top you know, top, top, top guys right now is that you have to earn those through W's. Phil Jackson said it in the summer. The Knicks, the Lakers, they're not getting free agents until they start to win. So DeMar DeRozan is a step right under that superstar level, and I think that's the kind of guy they need to sign, you know, along with a good graphic, as long as they get to keep theirs, it has to be in the top three. Um, but I think DeMar DeRozan, along with a good graphic, mixed with D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, re-signed Jordan Clarkson, I think you're really looking at, you know, that's when you're a year or two away from getting that huge name free agent again. If you get Ben Simmons, you know, you're there in a year. The 2017, they're the top, they're the front runner for any free agent they want uh, because they'll be, you know, one big piece away from becoming a legitimate contender for 10 years. Um, so I think this would be a great move on, on the Lakers' side. 
I wonder how much DeMar DeRozan is going to want to go there. He's not the kind of guy who really seems like a big city kind of guy. He plays in Toronto, which is a big city, but in the basketball world, you know, it's not because it's out of this country. Uh, there's a whole bunch of different rules as far as taxes. I'm not sure if they're better or worse. I, you know, I'm not all into that. Um, but, you know, you, you have to get a whole bunch of different things to play in Toronto. Um, and I don't think he wants to, uh, you know, keep fighting for a job. What if Jordan Clarkson takes that next step? And because of the legitimate, right. you know, all-star level player, he'd be fighting for a job. Daniel Russell's the future point guard there, even though I personally would make Jordan Clarkson my future point guard if he could teach the guy how to run some offense, uh, some actual offense instead of just playing basketball, which it has worked for him so far, but it's not going to make him great. That would be the best target for the Lakers to really go after this summer. Obviously, try for more. Try for anybody you can, any any star player you can get. But I think that's the most realistic option for them. And I think, obviously, it's going to come down to whether or not Ben Simmons falls to them in the draft. If Ben Simmons doesn't fall to them in the draft, which I really don't see how it's not going to happen, considering we've talked about how Lakers are kind of uh, – they're, they're wielding their way into that position of potentially getting the number one pick. And if they do, I think it'll dictate what we see happen with this team. But, you know, let's just say if Ben Simmons doesn't fall to them, you can put DeMar DeRozan at the three. You can put him at the small forward. He wouldn't be the biggest three out there. But you would have a team in D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson – uh, DeMar DeRozan, Julius Ramp, a young, young, young team that still needs, still definitely needs a lot of pieces, a lot of change, a lot of makeover once Kobe leaves. But uh, you're talking about a team that, that potentially has a chance to kind of creep up into the minds of those in the Western Conference and maybe get back to promise. It'll take them a couple of years still, but still, uh, that's, that is a chance that could be taken there if they get DeMar DeRozan. Andrew, you ready to talk about the national championship from last night? Let's do it, man. Let's get it done. All right, all right, all right. Gonna learn today. Alabama had won the national championship again, fourth time in the last six years, I believe. They won it in 2010 or 2009 season against Texas when Colt McCoy was on that team. They won. They beat LSU a year after, a couple years after. They won that one. And then they beat the very next year, they beat Notre Dame and they just destroyed Notre Dame. And then this year, they, these were clearly, and I'm telling you, to come into this game, and I said it yesterday, I would have taken Alabama in a 14-point. If they were 14-point favorites, I would have taken them. Clemson proved something to me that I don't think any other team would have proven against Alabama because it was, it was clear as day. These were clearly the two top teams in college football all season long. And, yes, Alabama lost to Ole Miss earlier in the season. Midway, midway point of the year, they lost to Ole Miss. That was kind of a, a, a knock against them, but – Clearly, these two teams were I, – I, I, I was mentioning this before the show. This is one of the best national championships I've ever seen. I remember watching the 2006 Rose Bowl against USC and Texas when Vince Young got the game-winning drive. Reggie Bush made the fumble. That's kind of what Deshaun Watson did in this game at one point. It was starting to look like Deshaun Watson, Vince Young part two ten years later. That's what it looked like from a guy into Sean Watson. Now, it wasn't necessarily the same because Texas was ranked number two going into that bowl game, and USC was the clear-cut favorite. Alabama was the favorite coming into this game, but the way Clemson had been playing throughout the season and during the game, you can make the case that Clemson was a team that really, I mean, they, they were playing toe-to-toe with Alabama, and that's saying something. I did not realize how big Derrick Henry was until they showed pictures of him after the game standing next to Mark Ingram. That is a big human back. being. That is a ju- 
he is huge. He is a giant human being. Like, he looked like a robot standing next to Mar- uh, Mark Ingram, and Mark Ingram's a pretty big guy. So he's just a big dude, uh, Derrick Henry, and uh, he just proved again why he is the workhorse for that team getting the victory as Alabama wins 45-40, to 40, their fourth championship this decade. Um, it's been it's been an unbelievable ride for Alabama, and obviously the talk about Nick Saban going to the NFL, I don't think it's going to happen. The talk about this team, you know, coming back and maybe doing it again next year, who knows? College football changes every single year. Um, but this is this was a fun national championship game. I, I, again, I go back to USC, Texas, the Fiesta Bowl in 2003 between Miami and Ohio State. Um, I know Ohio State fans don't like that, but that was one of the best games I've ever seen. And then obviously a couple of years ago with Jameis Winston, against Auburn in the game-winning drive there in the final BCS National Championship game. It was – this was up there with that. It was entertaining. It was unbelievable. Alabama put together an unbelievable fourth quarter to really put it away, but it was one of those games where going into the fourth, you really had no idea who was going to win because it was up in the air. And that's what I think ultimately what we want to see in the National Championship. Andrew, what was your take from this game last night? Yeah, the the fight and heart shown on both sides, and it takes a lot for me to compliment anybody on Alabama. But man, this this whole team uh, has just as much heart as Clemson did. And you know, when you talk about heart, it often gets mistaken with you aren't good enough and you need that heart to get by. In this case, it wasn't it. It was both teams are, are about equally as good. Alabama gets over the top with Derrick Henry, who's the best running back in college football. You know, maybe Leonard Fournette, but right now Derrick Henry is probably the best running back in college football. He's the one who really put him over the top. Um, and Clemson on their side, obviously, is Deshaun Watson, who threw for 405 yards. Um, yeah. It, it, just uh, a grit that was shown on each side. I mean, how about Clemson driving 65 yards with a minute 20 left to at least give themselves a chance to recover that onside kick? Just right. most 20, 21, 22-year-old people – you know, you're down two scores with a minute left, it's over. But they said no, they put their head down, they drove down the field. You could tell they were disappointed because deep down they knew, but they still gave themselves a shot. And, I mean, whether it was a laser throw from, from Deshaun Watson or uh, the, whoever their, their uh, tight end was catching that touchdown, uh, Jordan Leggett at the end of that game, uh, and holding on to it, taking a big hit, uh, you know they wanted it till till the last till that onside kick went out of bounds. They were they were there fighting, and man is Derrick Henry good. Thirty six carries, one hundred fifty eight yards. Uh, NFL yeah. teams beware, not because he might he's probably not going to be a good running back. Even though I wouldn't I wouldn't draft him in the first two rounds, but uh, you know he he has over five hundred carries in his college career. Five hundred carries is a lot of carries. Okay, to be coming into the NFL. Yes. Yeah. He had over yeah. 35 carries, I want to say, in three straight games. And that, that doesn't – they say El, LaDainian Tomlinson in his NFL career, he went through something like a 1,000 car crashes. That's what they compared it to. So Derrick Henry in this season went through a couple hundred car crashes. Um, and and he's, yeah. he's a guy who – you know, I don't think he has his, uh, all the makeup of an NFL running back. I think his game suits college a lot better. Um, yes. But – you know, I obviously you got to take a chance on him, but man, was this game was this game awesome? I uh, started my college classes yesterday, so I'm I'm doing my homework and I'm watching the game. And uh, I, you know, when I first started my homework it was before the game, and I'm completely focused. 
And then this game came on, man, and I couldn't even I, – I couldn't take my eyes off the screen the whole time. It was just big play yeah. after big play. I mean, you have 50-yard 50, 50 touchdown is the first score. 31-yard touchdown is the second score. Uh, it was just 53-yard touchdown. Um you know, 51-yard touchdown. Alabama went for big play after big play. A kick return for a touchdown. Uh, yeah. And, and Derrick Henry proved he was the Heisman. He, he should have won it. Um, but Deshaun Watson, man. Uh, and I, I want to say he's got another year, Deshaun Watson. Uh, so yes. they're going to have him next year. Uh, watch out for Clemson. And, you know, a lot of people aren't very high on this guy as an NFL quarterback. I think it's because he's black and he can run, so automatically people think he's not going to be a good NFL, which is a shame. But, I mean, he, he had 70% completion, 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, and only 11 picks. That's, that's in the worst defensive conference in the country. But he tore Alabama apart for four touchdowns, a pick, 30 for 47, and 400 yards. Watch out for this guy after next year in the, in the NFL draft. And, man, I, I just wish, first of all, I hope, Alabama never sees another title game as long as Saban's there. And uh, I, I was not a Clemson fan before this game, uh, and I, I am I am a big Clemson fan now. Watching that game, it made my night last night. It was it was it was something special to see. Well, and I hate to I hate to kind of put a Notre Dame twist on it, but to be honest, Notre Dame played Clemson very tough this year, and Clemson was very good. I mean, Clemson's clearly. I mean, coming into this game. I thought the weaknesses of the ACC would show, and Clemson proved that they were just another animal in the ACC. They were just one of those teams that was just another type of. They were just a. They were just a different breed in the ACC. And this team could have competed in the SEC this year. They could have competed in a bigger conference in the Big Ten. They would have been fine. They that front line for Clemson, which is most of those guys are going to the NFL. Those guys were vaunted. I mean, you talk about a front line in Clemson that has two legitimate, maybe even three guys that are going to go to the NFL and be legitimate superstars because they're just so physically gifted. Those guys ate up the Alabama front line, and that is what was being so harped on during the, during, during, before the game is that this front line is so good and can set up Derrick Henry, which they did. They gave Derrick Henry opportunities, and they gave, but there was points and times in the game where it was like, oh, my God. Clemson is just wrecking them when it comes to, you know, their, the, Alabama's opportunities to try and come back because this really was one of those games where you could piece it and watch it over and over and over and see the strengths of Alabama, see the strengths of Clemson, see the, see the weaknesses of Alabama, see the weaknesses of Clemson. It was all on display. And when it comes to a national championship game, that's what you want to see in this type of environment. And you saw it throughout the game momentum shifting plays constantly throughout the game uh no team really let up no team really gave up or backed down when a big when a team made a big play the only time it really started to show was late in the second half when Alabama kind of really put it to Clemson outside of that those first three quarters you could throw a coin in the air and you wouldn't know who was going to win this game it was that close and that much of a that was it was an unbelievable ball game the whole time and there, I was just kind of waiting for Clemson to really just kind of let up but they never really did. And honestly, if this game would have gone, you know, an extra quarter, I still don't know who would have won. This was an outstanding game. If they would have played best of seven, I think it would have gone Alabama's way four out of three. It would have been that close. I mean, it, it was this was one of those games where we're not going to remember the, the ultimately the names. We're probably going to remember a guy in uh, O.J. Howard, obviously. Uh, we're going to remember a guy in Derrick Henry and Deshaun Watson. 
Um, but outside of that, we're not going to really remember a lot of these names. It's, but those are the guys we're going to remember in this one because they had such outstanding performances. O.J. Howard, the, the, the tight end, five receptions, 208 yards, and two touchdowns. I was sitting there saying, this guy has got some NFL potential the way he's been playing in this one. On top of, look, he, he's going to go down as one of the greatest players ever in national championship game history. I don't know how he did not win most valuable player in this game because he just lit it up. And honestly, he was the X factor in this one because if O.J. Howard didn't have the game he did, I think we're sitting here talking about a Clemson national championship, and they probably would have won the game 40-35 to 35 or 42-35 to 35 or something of that nature because Clemson really did hang their hat on their defense, and they really played an outstanding ball game against this vaunted Alabama team. Both time of possessions were the same. Both teams really were the same when it came to their overall scheme of how the game was played. It was just overall an impressive, impressive performance in the national championship game, something I truly did not expect when, when a team plays Alabama and, and plays the way Nick Saban coaches towards. I'm telling you, Clemson really put it to my mind saying, okay, if they can come back and have any similar uh, success for next year, they're winning the title because they are that loaded on both sides of the ball. Andrew, anything else about the national championship before we move on to basketball? Uh, again, I just I want, I want I'm very excited to watch Deshaun Watson next year and see how he's improved. After watching him throw fastball after fastball after fastball, yeah. uh, through, through, you know, uh, what's pretty well known as the best defensive team over the last 10 years, and he tore him apart, man, and next year he's going to be even better. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think, I just I just feel like this Clemson team is on a mission to do great things over the next couple of years. Let's go to basketball and then let's transition and talk about the NFL at the very end of the show. We're going to go through this quickly. There wasn't very many games in the NBA last night. The Spurs destroyed the Nets. I said if this game was plus, was minus 20 San Antonio, I would have taken it. I would have been right still. Spurs won 106 to 79. LaMarcus Aldridge had an outstanding game, 25 points, 11 rebounds. If he can keep showing up the way he's showing up lately, LaMarcus Aldridge I, 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 it's hard-pressed to say that this Spurs team will lose anytime soon. The Spurs are now 33-6, and 11-6 and six away from home. Clearly, the rest of their, all their wins are at home. Um, and the Warriors also won last night as well, 111-103. They're now 36-2. and two. Draymond Green had a whiteboard-worthy performance. Everyone's still talking about Steph, Steph Curry, but Draymond Green was really the star of the night. He had the only whiteboard-worthy performance in the NBA. 22 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists at 52 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. I'm telling you, Draymond Green – is seriously putting his name in the conversation as the MVP of the league. He is keeps on playing the way he's playing. I, I really don't know who else to put in there because as good as Steph Curry has been, Draymond Green has really been the heart and soul of this basketball team for the last month and a half. Steph Curry, who's been hurt for the last two, three weeks, basically since Christmas, he's, he's played good games. He's had outstanding games. He scored 38 points. He scored a lot of points last night, but it, Draymond Green has really been the heart and soul, and wherever Draymond Green goes is really where this team goes. Warriors are now 36-2, and clearly the best team in the NBA. The Spurs are right there behind them at 33-6. and This is the best start in Spurs history on top of the best start in NBA history with the Warriors. So you're talking about two teams right now with the Spurs history over the last 20 years and the Warriors and what they've done historically just throughout the NBA. These clearly are the two best teams in the NBA and, and, and I know the Cleveland Cavaliers have been playing outstanding basketball, but those are really the three teams that I think ultimately have a chance right now as we, as we are starting to head towards the halfway mark that have a chance at winning the title. Warriors, Spurs, and Cavs, those are really the three teams. And I think if those three teams find a way to get to late May, 
in their conference championships, I mean, really is going to come down to whoever wins the West and if Cleveland can just power through the East and meet up in the finals. Because that's really what I see as three of the championship contenders as of right now. Now, it can all change in a month, two months from now, who knows, come March. It could all be different. Injuries could happen. Trades, you know, as, as we know, a year ago, the trade deadline was crazy. But that's what happened last night in the NBA. Also, the Warriors got the win, 114 to 100. John Wall had another 17, 10, 17 and 10, 10 assists performance night. And Jimmy Butler, 19 points, not quite good enough as the Bulls drop. The 22 and 14. So those were your three games in the NBA last night. Nothing crazy, nothing out of control, kind of the same old, same old. Uh, it was fun seeing the Warriors and Heat play last night because it's like, look, those have been the two teams that have really defined the decade. I mean, the Heat have obviously been to four straight NBA finals from 2010 all the way to 2014. And then obviously in 2015, we saw the, we saw the, uh, we saw the Warriors win the title. So it's really been a defining – it was one of those games where it defined the decade so far to this point. It was fun to see those two teams play. Anything from the NBA, Andrew? I know you weren't watching the NBA. I wasn't either. But anything from the NBA that you want to take a part of as we go into tonight's games? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit outside the actual play. Um, on Thursday, I believe it will be what we're going to have inside the bets back on the show again. Um, and everybody, I was down. Uh, I bet a lot of money on the day, and I didn't cash. And in three days, they have me back up to two hundred dollars. Um, they're 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 great. Uh, last night I cashed in every single thing I entered. Both lineups, if you played fifty fifties and they were hundred man, they were all cashed in the top fifteen of those hundred. Uh, so just go go sign up inside the bets. Uh, they had like. One guy had four bulls. FP had four bulls on the lineup. So I asked him, because I'm going to do a little something for the show, I'm going to ask him a question about the lineup every day. And, I, you know, I was, I was a little bit skeptical. And, look, it worked out. It worked out better than I would have made the lineup. So, uh, you know, go go look at inside the bets. They'll make you money. And speaking of that, uh, FanDuel, we're here on the FanDuel Studios. If you'd like to call in and talk about the national championship game or talk about anything basketball or even preview for the games tonight, or if you want to just ask a question, the phone number is 323-642-1558. And, and players of the week were announced shortly after the show yesterday. Uh, we were both wrong. I, I honestly actually was thinking about potentially putting LeBron James in as player of the week in the Eastern Conference, but I saw how well the Knicks have been playing, and clearly they almost beat San Antonio in San Antonio. So that was good enough for me to say the Knicks need to have Carmelo Anthony as player of the week. But LeBron James took it. Um, it wasn't a shocker there. That team has clearly been playing a lot better, uh, especially with the performance he had over the weekend. He had a he had a wipe over the performance, an outstanding one there. LeBron James getting it in the in the East, and to our shock, we had Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard getting it. But CP3, and again, this goes to show you how under the radar the Los Angeles Clippers have been over the last week and a half, two weeks. They're creeping their way back into the conversation of look, they could potentially. Be, I'm telling you, they could potentially sneak their way to the top of the Western Conference sometime soon. They're only a game back of the Oklahoma City Thunder now. They're 25-13. and 13. They've won quietly nine in a row. We've talked about the Spurs winning eight in a row now, and they're 33-6. and six. We've talked about the Warriors starting 36-2, and two, and now won nine of their last ten, won seven in a row. But this Clippers team, nine games ago, this team was 16-12, and 12, or 16-13. and 13. They're now 25-13, and 13, a game back of Oklahoma City, 
They're playing great basketball. They're coming back to fruition. All that drama we heard in, in the locker room and all that nonsense that we heard, they have found a way to creep up and be the most winningest team in the last nine games, obviously winning nine in a row. Cleveland, also, Cleveland has also won seven in a row. So clearly those three teams I mentioned that are potential championship contenders, the Clippers could find their way into that conversation. What do you see with this Chris Paul getting the player of the week, LeBron getting player of the week? What do you see from these two teams in uh, the Clippers especially and maybe even the, the Cavaliers, Andrew, as we start heading towards this middle part of the season? Uh, it just looks like the Clippers are finally putting some effort in. Like, they got to practice one day, Doc Rivers is sick of it and made them run suicides until they were puking. And, you know, for guys who are making millions of dollars, that's not the kind of thing they expect they're going to do. Um, but that, that's really what this team looks like. Like, okay, guys, really, what were we doing? All of a sudden, they're game back OKC for that third spot. Um, the fight really now in the West is for the third spot because one and two aren't going to change. They might flip-flop, but, but that third spot, and the fourth spot are really what the, the fight's for. Um, but it, it's they, they're they playing as a team. They're playing discipline, uh, and it's not a bunch of long twos. Uh, that's that's a big problem with Blake Griffin getting a lot of shots. He's uh, just started – he found out he can shoot a mid-range, and he's like, well, I'm just going to shoot every shot as a long two now. I'm not going to use my 6 yeah. and 10 frame try to get the ball to the rim, even though I'm only shooting 43%. And the whole growth of Blake Griffin's mid-range jumper is overrated. He's shooting 3% higher than he was two years ago. Okay, it was 40%. It's now 43%. And he's shooting it way, way, way more. The efficiency at 3% higher is going way more as he can when you're doing it around the rim. Um, but but Chris Paul is really leading this team. He, he's, he was sick of losing. He knows that this probably is his last year, especially with his knees, to get a team to the Western Conference Finals, to get a team to the Finals. If it's not his last year, it's coming up soon, and he's not playing around. He needs this team to, to do things. He needs this team to win and win this year. Okay, he, he wants to be prepared when San Antonio comes to town, when Oklahoma City comes to town, and, of course, when Golden State comes to town. Uh, when it comes to Cleveland, they're a little bit different. You know, they can kind of coast through the season, and they'll have plenty of time to pick it up in the playoffs. They're, I don't think there's a team that has a chance against them in the East. Um, I, I guess maybe if Toronto got really hot, Toronto would have a shot. But I still am not a huge fan of them, uh, especially against Cleveland. I mean, when a team has LeBron James, you need a Steph Curry. You need a San Antonio. You need a Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook. You need a Chris Paul. Uh, DeMar DeRozan or, or G, uh Jimmy Butler isn't going to do it. And those those two guys are probably the, the second – I'd put them as the second and fourth best shooting guards in the NBA, but they're still not going to do it um, against against LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. That's not going to work. Uh, so I, the Cleveland pickup of play is a little bit more surprising. They've won seven in a row now. Um, they they got the Mavericks tonight. They This next week and a half should – the, is probably the worst thing the schedule makers have ever set up. Cleveland has to play Dallas, and then the Spurs two days later, the Rockets the following day, uh, and then, let's see, the Warriors on Monday. Uh, so it's it's a huge – I personally like it, but as far as fairness and, and wanting that, nobody else in the NBA has a five straight games like that. Uh, I think Cleveland will like it. Uh, but I just think it's a little bit uh, different than what they'll normally do. But I think both of these teams are legit. They're here to stay with this amount of play. And this Cleveland offense with Tyree and LeBron is has been as good as Golden State since he came back. 
Well, a couple things there. You mentioned Cleveland has a tough stretch. Look, they can afford to lose, to go two and two, or maybe even one and three in that stretch. They're four games up on Toronto. And we mentioned this. I've, I've been listening to the preseason stuff that we've been doing so I can, I can pre- prepare for this halfway show on Friday. But I'm telling you, Toronto and Chicago, if they're the two teams that are going to hover around the top, Toronto still has questions when it comes to their bench late in the season. Um, Chicago clearly is the team we all expected them to be, kind of to hover, to be in that high-end mark. But they're still not a team that can contend for a title. They're just not. They haven't proven it. They, they still have, are, are, are kind of flaunting with, with giving Derek, Derek Rose the keys and then giving Jimmy Butler the keys. It, it's one of those odd circumstances there between those teams. And then the Hawks still, I mean, they're not going to do it. If they lose to Mari Carroll and they still get to the playoffs and play Cleveland, they're not going to win. Miami is coming back from last year. Indiana still outstanding. Indiana has definitely picked up their game and playing good, but they're showing signs that maybe the bench isn't going to help them late in the year. Detroit is still young. They're outstanding. Can they match up big man-wise? Absolutely, but they haven't been to the postseason in a while. Orlando or Boston, they just don't have the quote-unquote talent yet. Orlando has the talent down the road, but not now. Boston still needs that one go-to guy, and if the Knicks find a way to creep into that eighth spot, yeah, they have Carmelo. Yeah, they have Chris Porzingis. But Melo hasn't been to the playoffs in two years. He hasn't seen this Cleveland Cavalier team in the postseason. Who thinks you? Who do you think is going to have them face Cleveland? No one can face Cleveland right now in the in, in the East. They're just they've been that good. They have treaded the water. I'll get more get more into that in the halfway portion of the season. But they have found a way to tread water, and found a way to get themselves over that hump in the first couple of months. And they're still 26 and nine. If you don't think LeBron James is MVP of the league at this point in time, halfway through the season, you are out of your mind. This team didn't even have. Imagine if Steph Curry didn't have Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. Imagine if Steph Curry, all he had was you know uh, Harrison Barnes, uh, Andrew Bogut. You're you're going to sit here and tell me that they would be 26 and nine? I, I no, absolutely not. No way. If Draymond Green didn't have Steph Curry. Or didn't have Clay Thompson. You're going to sit here and tell me that they would be 26 and nine, or that they would be 36 and two. No, absolutely not. I think the only team in the league that could contain the type of stuff they've been doing is the Spurs. But no one on the Spurs is going to win MVP because that is a complete team effort. But LeBron, I was looking at stats before LeBron came to Cleveland. Look, this team didn't win a hundred games in four years. Uh, in Cleveland. They didn't win 100 games. They, they won just shy of 100 games. They're about to win 100 games in two years and make two finals appearances with LeBron James on this team. You're going to sit here and tell me he doesn't win MVP in one of those years? You're out of your mind. That is insane turnaround. That is insane. And they didn't even have, they didn't even have Kyrie Irving the first two months of the year, and they still only have nine losses. That's all you need to know. That is, that's all you need to know. LeBron James has clearly been the best player in the league all season long. And yes, yeah, the Warriors have been amazing. The Spurs have been amazing. But for the other team, the third best team in the league, LeBron has been the carrying factor for that situation there in Cleveland. Let's preview these back. Is there anything else you want to say, Andrew? Yeah, the, just harping on that, that LeBron point and emphasizing it. The Cleveland Cavaliers were 66-16 and 16 the last year LeBron yes. played there in his first the following year, they lost 26 games in a row to set the all-time record. At the time, what was the all-time record yeah. for consecutive losses? This is prop. This might be. And you look at Steph Curry. He goes out. They go two and one. You look at Michael Jordan. Even 
Uh, he goes out, they make the Eastern Conference Finals the following year. The, LeBron James might be the most important player any basketball team has seen in the history of basketball. They were they are one and twelve since he came back without him. One and twelve team has no idea where it's going without him, uh, and it, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing how underappreciated this guy really is. Right. Yeah, it is truly is unbelievable. And with all the people bashing on LeBron, it's like, yeah, LeBron isn't Jordan. LeBron isn't maybe maybe LeBron won't have the quote unquote legacy of Kobe. But he's a better player when it comes to overall team grasping. Not maybe not MJ, but when it comes to yeah, over Kobe, yeah. I mean when it comes to overall, when it comes to closing games, that's still in question. My opinion, Andrew and I will differ, and I understand Andrew's opinion, but it will differ. But when it comes to overall you know, ability to carry his team, LeBron is doing it. And he's doing it in an entire conference. He's, this guy is doing it at an unbelievable clip. But let's preview. We're going to preview the Saturday NFL games today because we've got to, we're going to preview the Sunday games tomorrow because we're going to talk about the All-Star game stuff. We have our FanDuel guys coming in here on, uh, on Thursday. And then, obviously, we have the halfway show on Friday. So we're going to preview the Saturday games now. Chiefs at Patriots is the first game on Saturday, 1.35 p.m. Pacific, 4.35 Eastern time on CBS. Um, it's going to be in Foxborough. It's projected to rain. Patriots are favored by five. Look, if the Patriots are as healthy as they say they are, with Gronk and Edelman and Brady coming in and that defense uh, playing the way they've been playing, I think the Patriots will win this game, and I think they'll win it by more than 10. I, I, think, I think Patriots will dominate this game against the Chiefs. That's no knock on the Chiefs because, honestly, with the way the Chiefs played against the Texans, they could come out and easily just dominate. But it's in Foxborough. It's in New England. It's, it's the Patriots, the defending champions. They've had two weeks to prepare. This team, I just feel like they're just going to come out and play the brand of football we're used to seeing from the Patriots. I just think that's going to happen. And then before I let Andrew talk about the games, Packers and, and Cardinals is the night game on NBC. I don't know how, how NBC pulled it for another week, but they have. Uh, Arizona's favored by seven. Look, this game is – this is a scary game. And this is the scariest game of the weekend for me because I have no idea who's going to win. And confidently, I don't even know. I, I just, if I was a gambling man, I wouldn't touch this game. Arizona favored by seven. Um, I, I think Arizona is going to win because I have them winning the Super Bowl. But with the way Green Bay matriculated and dominated against Washington – I'm scared because I think Aaron Rodgers can actually come in and, 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 just, and just annihilate the Cardinals. And I think the Packers' defense has found a new spark. They can shut down Carson Palmer if they really wanted to, and I could see the Packers coming out and just, uh, just destroying the Cardinals. But I could also see it the other way where the Cardinals destroy the Packers. I could see it being a classic. I, I don't know how this game is going to play out. I'm going to pick the Cardinals because I picked them to win and go to the Super Bowl because if they play at their highest peak, really no one can beat them. But the Packers, I'm telling you how they played last week, it's, it's, it's a little scary to pick this one, but I'm going to pick the Cardinals anyway. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, I, I'm going with two upsets, man. I think the Chiefs are going to come in and beat the Patriots. I think it'll be close. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling, a weird feeling, and it'll be the best moment of my life here, and I want everybody on CLNS Radio to hear this. I think Tom Brady is going to throw an interception with <laughs> And nothing will make me happier. But uh, I, I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to come away with it. Um, you, you know, this team has now won 11 games in a row, okay? They started out 1-5, no. last 10, and now won a playoff game. And they dominated the playoff game. Okay, I, I get it with the Texans who don't have a quarterback, but that's a playoff team. They had enough of a team to make the playoffs. It, there's 12 out of 32 teams that make the playoffs. They are in the top third of the league. 
or a little bit outside the top third. But they're, I mean, and they beat them thirty to nothing. New England is beat up as all hell. Um, and I think I think the Chiefs are going to come away with this one, man. I think it's going to be close. I think that's going to be the game of the weekend. And then I also, and I hate to say this, but I got the Packers over the Cardinals. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers found it. I think Aaron. Rod- I think the Cardinals are going to come out rusty. We do see that time to time in any sport. If there's a bye week uh, or a lot of time off going into a playoff game, one team will come out fully prepared, but their, their bodies won't necessarily be up to it. Imagine playing a 16-game NFL season and then you don't go through that for two weeks, your body's going to kind of turn down a little bit. Uh, it's going to go into rest mode a little bit. And, and I think that that is going to be kind of what happens. And I think the Packers are going to win by, by two touchdowns and, sh- and shock the Cardinals uh, in, in Glendale. Boy, I'm excited to hear what you say about tomorrow uh, on Sunday's games because I, I honestly, with the way I see Sunday playing out, there, if, if all road teams win again this week, you're talking about kind of a colossal problem in the NFL because uh, what will home field advantage mean if the if the road teams go 8-0 in the first two weeks? But we'll get to that later. Um, we'll talk about those Sunday games tomorrow, uh, but I saw some breaking news here that John Wall fired his agent, Dan Fagan. Apparently he's trying to get to a new level as a point guard when it comes to his money deal. I mean, the guy has got a shoe deal. He's one of the best point guards in the league, and he fires his agent. What's up with that? Kevin Durant praises Carl Anthony Towns. He thinks he's going to be a Hall of Famer in this league. Dude hasn't even played half a season in his career. He thinks he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Come on, man. What are you doing, Kevin Durant? Are you trying to kill your opportunity to get a bigger contract? He's not going to. He's still going to get paid loads of money this offseason. But, I mean, come on, dude. You can't just go out and tell people they're going to be Hall of Famers and they won't be playing 40 games into their career. That's just that's just ludicrous and out of control. But, uh, anyway, uh, that, that's our preview for today. Oh, speaking of – the reason why I really like New England, I want to say this before we get to our preview for tonight's games in the world of, of basketball, is uh, I really hope Steven Jackson, if there's one guy I'm rooting for in New England and for CLNS, it's Steven Jackson. Look, this guy has had an unbelievable background in the way he's come into the league. He has parents that are, that are Vegas dealers. Uh, he, this guy is an awesome, an awesome guy. Um, and Steven Jackson, he played for the Rams for the longest time, clearly had no chance of winning a title with the Rams. And then he went to Atlanta hoping he'd have a chance. And then now he's found one last opportunity in New England to hopefully win a title. And if there's one good guy I'm rooting for on in the league to win a title this year, it would be uh, it would be Steven Jackson. Now, I know that would give Tom Brady his fifth ring, and I understand that that would change uh, and, and maybe upset guys like Andrew Norris. But, uh, but it would make CLNS happy, but it would also make me a little happy seeing a guy in Steven Jackson getting a Super Bowl ring. That would be one uh, good moment there if that were to happen. Uh, anyway, let's get to these games over the uh, over tonight. We have eight games in the NBA, two ranked games in college basketball. Uh, tonight in the NBA, let's just fly through them before we get out of here. Suns play the Pacers. Pacers are favored by 10. I think the Pacers win by 15. I think they're going to dominate over the Suns tonight. The Suns are clearly in that zone where they can beat everybody. Uh, uh, the Pacers can clearly beat uh, – anybody can beat the Suns right now because all they have to do is let Brandon Knight do his thing and then shut down the rest of the team. That's, that's just what I think is going to happen. I think the Pacers get the victory there. Uh, rematch of the 2005 NBA Finals 10 years ago. Spurs and Pistons in Detroit. Crazy enough, the Spurs are favored by seven. I think it's going to be close, and I think this is going to be game of the night in the NBA. Uh, I think the Pistons might even win this game. The Spurs got to lose on the road and got to lose sometime. So maybe they're due, and maybe the Pistons get it done. Andre Drummond still averaging 
18 points and 15 rebounds. This guy is playing out of his mind. He's still playing great basketball. I think the Pistons will win this game tonight over my Spurs. I just feel like there's a time where the Spurs have got to lose a game. they got to do it sometime, and I think this will be the night. Celtics in Madison Square Garden. Boston's favored by one. This is, an, this is a big-time game for the Celtics because they've got a big-time stretch coming up here over the next 15 games, 18 games up until the All-Star break, where it's going to either prove that they're for real or not. Obviously, a lot of teams are going to go through that here over this month in January, but the Celtics are favored by a point. I would take the Knicks in this one. I think the Knicks are going to bounce back and go to 20-20 and 20 halfway through the season. The Rockets and Grizzlies play tonight. Clearly a big-time game there. Um, I think this is a big-time game for both teams. Uh, I, I, I kind of the same reason for the Celtics and Knicks. Can both these teams find a way to distance themselves from the pack, whether the Rockets get closer to a, a better playoff seating or whether the Grizzlies distance themselves further from the bottom? It, it's going to be one of those games, again, a big game to watch. Their Memphis is favored by a point and a half. I think they're going to win. Whenever it comes to a close game, I'm not going to pick the Rockets anymore because I just I don't trust them. I just don't. Uh, on NBA TV, clearly an NBA TV Tuesday here in the Hooper's Log, Bulls and Bucks. Uh, the Bulls are favored by three. I, I think the length of the Bucks is going to give the Bulls some problems. The Bulls are kind of like the Rockets right now for me. I don't really believe in them, even though they've been really good and they're a top three seed in the East. I don't really believe in them. They don't play well on the road. They're six and eight on the road. I think the Bucks can come in and get the victory tonight, and I think I'd take the Bucks plus the three there. Thunder and Timberwolves. Clearly, Kevin Durant getting crazy about Carl Anthony Towns. Why wouldn't he? Carl Anthony Towns is playing outstanding as a rookie. 15, 16 points a game, nine rebounds per game. He's playing outstanding. Russell Westbrook still coming in as. 25 points a game, seven rebounds a game, nine assists a game, just unbelievable crazy stuff there. Uh, and I think the Thunder will come out. They're favored by 11. I think the Thunder will dominate tonight. I think they'll win by 15. Uh, give them that one there. Cavaliers and Mavericks, as as, uh, as, uh, as Andrew mentioned earlier, the Cavaliers are favored by five and a half. LeBron James playing Dirk Nowitzki, two Hall of Famers. Uh, clearly Dirk at the end of his prime and LeBron right in the middle, probably back half of his prime, but he's still playing great basketball. I think the Cavs win this one. I think they'll win by more than five and a half. I give the Cavs that one. And then Lakers and Pelicans, the scrum game of the night, Anthony Davis, the new budding superstar with, with the ending, you know, fading career of Kobe Bryant. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Both teams clearly not playing well this year. It's the last game on NBA TV. If you ever get a chance to watch Kobe Bryant in Staples Center, you got to do so. So I think I think the Lakers will win tonight. I think they'll find a way to win because they've always done so. Uh, just at random times, Pelicans are favored by two and a half for a reason. Vegas probably thinks that Kobe has something left in the tank in this one. So if if they, if, they, if if Vegas was smart, they would say New Orleans should be favored by seven because clearly there's a better team. But I think if they're favored by two and a half, Vegas is trying to tell you something. So I think the I think the Lakers will win in that one. Andrew, what's your take on the NBA games tonight? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I gotta go quick, and then I'll let you take it away. But I gotta get back in. I'm already kind of running late. Uh, I, I no like problem. the Cavs over the Mavs. I think the Cavs have been playing awesome. I think they're gonna go score 115 points tonight. Um, I like the Pacers over the Suns. The Suns, like you said yesterday, slow down Brandon Knight and then just stop everybody else, which is a, a fairly easy task to do with with the roster the Pacers have. Celtics and Knicks. I think it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, you know, they're the ninth and the tenth seed, so they're right up there in the playoff race. Uh, but I think the Knicks are going to come away with this one, a big game from Carmelo Anthony. Um, the Lakers are going to try as hard as they can to lose to the Pelicans tonight. If the Lakers don't have a top three pick, they don't get their, they don't get their pick. They need to lose this game. Uh, as far as the Pistons and Spurs go, I think you're crazy. I hope what you said is right, but I think the Spurs are, are going to win this one. Um, but I do think Andre Drummond is going to have a huge game. But before I go, 
Uh, I just first wanted to say, as I say every time, peace. Uh, Chris, take it away, but I wanted to leave you with this. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. And the Seattle Seahawks are up. Peace. All right, see you later. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have uh, we have also two games in college basketball tonight. We have about a minute left in the show. Big 12 matchup at 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, Kansas at West Virginia. Big-time game there on ESPN, too. And then, obviously, Miami, Florida at number 13, Virginia. It should be an outstanding game on ESPNU, same time, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern there in that one. we got about a minute left in the show. Uh, again, episode 48 in the books. Live edition of the show will be ending here in about 20 seconds, so we'll be out of here shortly. Uh, again, episode 49 tomorrow on a ESPN Wednesday on January 13th, 2016, here on the Hoopers Log through CLNS Radio in the FanDuel Studios. My name is Simo Bucket. Have an outstanding night, everybody. Enjoy the basketball. <laughs>